in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know we're supposed to go to the movies and see those uh, big major blockbusters. I tried. I couldn't really get myself to do it. Uh, I, I, I tried to see the 7 o'clock show. Totally sold out. It was sold out at uh, 4 o'clock. I dropped by the movie theater and... Uh, what did I want to see? Oppenheimer. It doesn't look good to me. It doesn't sound good. It just doesn't. The big, the scientist. I, I But 7 o'clock was totally sold out. And then they said, you can come to the 1040 show. Now, look, when time does that get out? It gets out at 2 in the morning. 2 in the morning. And there are only a few seats left? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little bit of mass hysteria going on. Uh, I, never in my entire life has anybody ever brought up the name Oppenheimer uh, in conversation. I mean, the the father of the atomic. I I never. I thought it was. I thought it was Teller. By the way, I thought it was another guy named Teller. Didn't he? It was a hydrogen bomb. Uh, but nobody talks about this guy. But everybody wants to see the movie. So uh, I don't know. And then the next day, I tried again. I'm not going to see Barbie. I've heard horrible things about it, and it looks like it gives you a headache. You know, just that, and you go into that weird fantasy world. It makes no sense. Um. And I looked at the times again. Okay, it starts at noon. It gets out at like close to four. I mean, this is like 25% of your weekend. But anyway, many, many, many millions of people went ahead and did it. Is it good for the movie theaters? I guess. I don't know if there's anything that's going to help the movie theaters. I, You know, I, I first went by my favorite movie theater in the whole city. I have not been there since uh, before COVID. And guess what? It's closed. It's closed for good. It's on 23rd Street and 8th Avenue. They used to call it the Bowtie Cinema. Very, very big, huge screen, and um, it's uh, it's gone. It's gone. It's a big homeless encampment now. Lots of homeless people in the vestibule. Very sad. All over the city, just crummy. It's getting crummy and dirty and uh, a little bit dangerous. A lot dangerous, actually. And people are looking at each other, and uh, it used to be you get a head nod. You know, you nod to each other. When you make eye contact now, it's you glare at each other, so you're better off not making any kind of contact um, at all. Um, this is this is a bad situation out there. It's it's tense. It's uh, now they're ignoring all of this on the fake news uh, all weekend long. It was climate change. No kidding, climate change. Climate change on the Sunday shows. Um, but oh, I got some scoop. Trump is going to get indicted this week. It's going to be on Thursday. All right, that's what I'm hearing. It's going to be Thursday. So we know the drill. We have, we know the drill by now. We saw it here in Manhattan back in uh, April, March. Remember? Flow up all the channels watching it live. It's like he was still the president of the United States. He's still the president of the United States in many ways. It feels like that. Much more interest, much more attention, much more activity uh, than the president of the United States. The uh, Joe Biden, if that's, uh, yeah, I guess he is the president of the United States. Um, watching, remember, it was exciting, and it was exciting when it, it happened in Florida, and it's going to be exciting when it happens in Washington. Now, it's a bit more worrisome in Washington, and they're getting more and more desperate, these corrupt prosecutors, and they are thoroughly corrupt. This is election interference of the of uh, just an unimaginable degree, and Jack Smith, that jerk, my goodness gracious, how they got that guy. They're, they're doing this in plain sight. They're pulling off this corruption because they think they can get away with it. So far, they, they kind of can, although it's not stopping Trump, so it's getting really weird. How is this all going to play out? You know, they, they count on us being distracted, they count on us being stoned, and they count on us being afraid. 
distracted. That's why we go to the movies. And if we don't go to the movies, we watch Netflix all the time. Stoned, we're drinking or smoking pot or both. And scared, we're all a little bit scared. Cancel culture. Um, what else? Uh, you know, you, you say the wrong thing these days. Cancel culture. And also, you know, we can't turn out and protest like we used to, even though it's our constitutional right. I would love, love to go to the courtroom. I'd love to urge all of you to go to that uh, courthouse in Washington, D.C. and, you know, just stand strongly and proudly for Trump. But I don't trust the authorities to sabotage that whole thing. I don't. After January 6th, do you? Uh, I can't stand that they have kind of taken that off the table. It's our constant. It's in the First Amendment to peaceably assemble, peaceably assemble. And talk about, uh, well, things we care about and our grievances. And I got a lot of grievances. They're trying to lock up. Really, when you think about it, I know he's got enemies, but he's the most popular man in America. Who else commands that kind of support? Who else? Who else? And nobody. You know, a, a football hero. Most people don't like football. And, uh, the moment, the moment a football player fumbles, <laughs> nobody likes him anymore. Um, so this is happening. It's happening on our watch. This is happening to us. And never forget, a lot of Republicans like this. They hate Trump. I'm talking about the establishment. And for every Mitt Romney, for every Mitt Romney who, would, at the very least, I'll say this for Mitt, he is open in his contempt. You know, he hates Trump and he basically says it out loud and he votes for impeachment. and He votes for the phony impeachments and he says all this stuff. Out loud, but there are so many more Republicans who keep their mouths shut, keep their head down, and they're doing everything they can behind the scenes to stop Trump. Um, and they have a lot of allies. They have allies in big tech. They have allies in media. They have allies in conservative media. Uh, like, like, like probably two thirds of Fox News hates Trump and they want him gone. The owners of Fox News hate Trump and they want him gone. Uh, so they've gotten the green light from a lot of different powerful interests out there to do this. And it could potentially, I mean, it's, it's, you know what they said? Trump said, this is dangerous and it is dangerous. And now they're trying to say that even that kind of rhetoric, Donald Trump calling this for what it is dangerous, that somehow that is inciting something, um, which is crazy, which is crazy. In the meantime, DeSantis is going nowhere. He's going nowhere. And that, that means the establishment is going to get even more antsy, more weird, more nervous. They always get it wrong. They really do. It's the, uh, the establishment. They got it wrong about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. They told us all, but there were none. Uh, nobody predicted September 11, 2001. All those intelligence officials. I looked up just about every intelligence official who signed that ridiculous letter, uh, denouncing the, Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. Every one of those guys was on duty on September 11, 2001. Every single one of them. And now they, uh, now they're all focused on this. They could not do their job. They could not save America. We didn't get an apology for that. There's one guy who apologized for that. Richard Clark. Richard Clark, he had a senior Intel national security official and he said, we missed it. We got it wrong. And the American people deserve an apology. But who the hell is Richard Clark, right? Who Who is that guy? We deserve one from George W. Bush. Maybe we deserve his resignation as well. Um, Let's see here. Oh, Mike Pence. Mike Pence, you got some nerve. You got some nerve showing your face in public. I'm sorry. This guy, there would have been no January 6th situation if he just came out and said weeks ahead of time, I will not do anything other than stand there and count the votes. 
we think under the Constitution, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, you had all kinds of options. Uh, but you already made up your mind that you didn't, but you kept on pretending that you did. Do me a favor. This is cut for over the weekend. You know, he is uh, st- he's kind of he gets invited on the shows, but they don't necessarily treat him well on the shows. Cut four. I know I did my duty that day under the Constitution. And uh, frankly, as we traveled across New Hampshire this week to uh, 10 events in communities uh, across the state, I, I, I was deeply moved at how many people expressed their appreciation to me for the stand that we took uh, for the Constitution. And I've said many times that the president's words were reckless that day. I had no right to overturn uh, the election. Uh, but uh, uh, while his words were reckless, I, based on what I know, I'm not yet convinced that they were criminal. I, mean, I, I obviously wasn't there for every meeting. I was, I was busy trying to help reopen the government and the country after the COVID pandemic. I was spending a fair amount of time mm-hmm. in Georgia, Dan, as you remember in those special elections. Uh, but, uh, you know, from what I know, I just, uh, I, I, I really do hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, and, and also for the reason that I do think uh, the Department of Justice uh, has, has lost the confidence of the American people. Well, okay. Uh, you hear that how he's all over the place, all kind of wishy-washy and trying to cover his bases. And he's, um, I'm going to play you something uh, from January 4th, he was right. He was down in Georgia. He was down in Georgia and he was campaigning. And uh, But he's also looking out uh, for his, his own best interests. He's looking out for his right flank, trying to protect his right flank, um, trying to appease people. And how do you do that? You tell them what you think they want to hear, uh, but you mislead people at the same time. So this is two days before January 6th. And here he is uh, talking to the crowd. And Tell me, what do you think? Is he going to do something on January 6th? Kind of sounds like it. This is the this is what he wants. This is what he wants us to come away with. This is two days before January 6th. Go. We all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. Well, that sounds uh, like, okay, man, sounds like you're going to exercise your full authority. You know, you could have said something totally. You could have said, you could have heard the objections and you could have said, but we're not going to do anything about it. All right. The vice president's role is such and such. All I, all I'm allowed to do is count the votes. I can't, I can't kick them back to the state capitals. You could have said that, but you didn't, did you? And then on his way to the Capitol that day, in his book, he told the people who would buy his book that he knew that the people who showed up on January 6th were going to be heartbroken because he wasn't going to do anything. My gosh, those people will be so disappointed. I turned to my daughter and said, they just, they don't understand, do they? I mean, why not tell us? Why not roll down your window and start telling people? Why couldn't you do that at that speech? It was the perfect opportunity. I know we all have our hopes up about uh, January 6th, but let me tell you what's going to happen. All right. There will be some objections, but and we'll debate that for two hours and then we'll count the votes. I have no authority whatsoever to turn those votes back to the uh, state capitals. I wish I did, but I didn't. I don't. He could have said that and there would have been no issue whatsoever. So he is one crafty guy. And uh, I'm sorry, this holy roller routine. uh I think it's, well, I think it's just a routine. <laughs> I think it's just a routine. Hey, who's guilty? And who's innocent in this little uh, back and forth here? So if you're really 
Well, I guess everybody's a little bit different, right? But if you're if if you're accused of something uh, and it's fake, do you get all? Do you just overreact? How do you react? I want to play a little sequence here where Trump is accused of wrongdoing, and we compare it right away to when Biden is uh, accused of wrongdoing. Um, one person's very defensive; the other one keeps their cool. Who do you think is really guilty? Cut twenty-two. We did nothing wrong. This is a whole hoax. This is just like the Russia, Russia, Russia deal. This is like the fake dossier. And here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question. Why did you take those documents with you when you left the White House? I had every right to under the Presidential Records Act. You have the Presidential Records Act. I was there and I took what I took and it gets declassified. That's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? All I know is this. Everything I did was right. We have the Presidential Records Act, which I abided by 100%. I have the right to declassify as president. Were you involved? Were you involved? No. Were you? No. Nah. Uh, who's more presidential? <laughs> Who? Right. Who's innocent? I think the guy is yelling and screaming and pointing his head back. You know, we used to have this thing. If you ever, um, if you ever find yourself in trouble, what do you do? Um, admit nothing, deny everything, make counter accusations. Okay, remember that. Admit nothing, deny everything, and make counter accusations. That's what he's doing. I'm not actually giving you that advice, but I have heard that advice sometimes in politics. It didn't, it didn't. Remember uh, Bill Clinton? Deny, deny, deny. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Um, hey, when it comes to the Civil War, why did we fight the Civil War? What's a one word answer? Right? Slavery. It was a war over slavery. In fact, uh, remember Apu from The Simpsons? Well, here he is taking the uh, citizenship test. Now, Apu is very smart, and he studied like crazy with the help of Lisa. And he was, uh, so he was really good and ready for the citizenship test. Uh, cut 19, please. All right, here's your last question. What was the cause of the Civil War? Actually, there were numerous causes. Aside from the obvious schism between abolitionists and anti-abolitionists, economic factors, both domestic and international, played a significant... Hey, hey. Yeah. Just, just say slavery. Slavery it is, sir. Yes, I am a citizen. Now, which way to the welfare office? What? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I work, I work. All right. So, uh, the one-word answer is slavery, right? And we know slavery was bad. We also know that kids in high school are barely uh, you know, learning anything. So I don't think we have to overcomplicate slavery. That's what they're doing in Florida, and it's become a major issue for Ron DeSantis that somehow uh, in the curriculum they talk about the good aspect of, uh, of slavery, the good aspects, whatever the hell that would be. Uh, it's a little bit ludicrous. And it's also if maybe if you're getting a Ph.D. in history and you want to talk about nuance and this and that, uh, listen to Ron DeSantis try to explain it. Cut 18. Well, you should talk to them about it. I mean, I didn't do it and I wasn't involved in it. Um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life. Um, but the reality is all of that is rooted in whatever is factual. They listed everything out. And if you have any questions about it, just ask the Department of Education. You can talk about those folks. But, I mean, these were scholars who put that together. It was not anything that was um, that was done politically. Well, they overdid it. They overdid it. Now it's a major, it's the latest problem for Ron. I told everybody last summer 
that he was not ready, that this was going to blow up in his face, and it has. And, uh, you know, the, the powers that be, they all said it was uh, DeSantis. The powers that be, they all said uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. The powers that be said that Trump couldn't win. The powers that be said that Trump could not be renominated, and it looks like he is. And they'll also tell you that he can't beat Biden, all right? <laughs> we know they don't. Be right back. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I will be careful. Listen to this. I'm in the pool with my my daughters. One of them. Annalise. Annalise. Will you save me? Uh oh. Help. I'm coming. She's swimming. She swam all the way over, all the way across uh, the pool to get me when I was fake drowning. Uh, I wasn't really, you know, drowning, 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 or not even fake. I was just saying, help me, help me. So, uh, and she she said, I know you're drowning. How do they learn this stuff? How do they, you know, for all the bitching and moaning and we do about screens and uh, uh, kids on the phone too much and watching videos. Look, she does look, we give her the phone sometimes. We do just, okay. If she's screaming her head off, um, you know, it's a way to get her to not scream her head off. Uh, <laughs> I wish they could just read books and paint and do that stuff, but uh, the phone sometimes works and helps. I mean, the vocabulary and the insight and the, I mean, drowning at three, she's three and a half. Do you know about drowning at three and a half? Do you know? I don't, I, what else did she say the other day? She used the word uh, recently. Recently at three? Uh, so, look, I'm not saying I'm doing the greatest job in the world. I, I We are getting a little bit of an assistance from, I hate to say it, yeah, big tech. Just don't try to make her a transgender. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Looking at amazing video from Texas, you know, hot it was. And, uh, wow, a guy is breaking into a car on purpose, breaking into a car to rescue a baby who's in the back seat. And, uh, you've, you've heard these stories before, right? And the kid dies often. And, uh, it's very easy, apparently. Well, it can't be that easy. I mean, it doesn't happen all that often, but it does happen. A kid gets left in the back seat, a little toddler. And uh, they're forgotten, and uh, then it's too late, 100, 110, 120 degrees. Maybe we should invent some sort of little device that uh, reminds the people, that reminds the driver. Or Couldn't that be? I mean, there's a little thing in there. Every time I don't put my seatbelt on, it starts banging and clinging. And what else? You open the door uh, an, an inch, it'll beep, 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 beep. What about if there's pressure on the back seat? Shouldn't it be chiming for about a minute after you turn the car off hey that's a pretty damn good idea they got to do something about that don't you think it happens with uh, it happens basically four or five times a year at least now i guess you can't get the car company to um do a redesign 
you know, on a hundred million cars for something that happens four times a, uh, a summer, but, but maybe they should. It's, uh, ugh, those stories, uh, they bother me. Pat, hello. You're in Westchester. Hi. I would like to ask you a question because maybe you would know. Do you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Oppenheimer movie. Yeah. They said years ago there was a Jewish uh, scientist in Germany during the war. They wanted to keep her there, but the United States brought her to America. She helped Oppenheimer, they said, develop the bomb. Did you hear anything like that? Uh, no. Uh, Oppenheimer got a lot of help from women. Uh, he was very women-oriented, uh, but they weren't helping him in the laboratory, all right? He was, uh, he was a very, woo, he was a passionate guy, from what I understand. Look, however, uh, we wouldn't have gotten to the moon with a lot of guys from Germany. We wouldn't have, um, I don't think we, 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 we would, a lot of technological things. Werner von Braun, I mean, that guy was developing rockets for the Nazis. If we didn't get him to come over here, I don't think we would have gotten to the moon. I don't know anything about that lady. Did you see the movie? I guess not. No, you know what it was? Uh, about two years ago, uh, one of the shows, they were talking about her, and Hitler wanted to keep her in Germany because she was a scientist. But the uh, Americans got her over here, and uh, Oppenheimer didn't work on the same floor as women. Because he, he was so distracted. He was floor. so distracted. He was a real ladies' man. Oh, was he? Yeah. And uh, But she, they said she was phenomenal, and she never got uh, any play on this. Are anything. you thinking about, uh, what was her name again, Marie Curie? Pierre. I don't know. Marie she Curie was, with the uranium and uh, Pierre, her husband, they were from France. Oh, no, this one was in Germany. They had a sneaker out. She was Jewish. All right. Well, let's, uh, well, we can take a crack at the computer. Do you have a computer? No, I don't. Why in the world would you not have a computer? Well, let me tell you, I worked at a hospital for 33 years. And after I got home, and retired. I'm in my 80s, and I listen to you every day. You're phenomenal. Well, and but I, I I didn't use it, and I got rid of it. I have a, two children that I can ask about. One is an attorney, one's a vet. Oh, so I could always ask them if I need help. All right, but you know I wasn't using it, and. I got enough at working at the hospital for 33 years. No, good for you. I mean, everyone's buried in a computer. I bet you read a lot and do stuff like that, right? I try to, yes. I most certainly do. All right. And I was, uh, I knew a lot of great doctors, wonderful doctors, uh, and uh, they were very kind. Mm. When my husband got very sick, I have the top of the line take care of him. All right. If you don't mind, uh, what hospital and what was your job there? I was, a, believe it or not, a telephone operator, and I loved it. We took we dealt with Montefiore Medical Center in the Bronx. Yeah. And it was, uh, I loved it. I dealt with patients, doctors, uh, people, paging people. Uh, we did a little bit, and then you did a little bit of everything. Hey, Montefiore is the best. That's where they go and separate Siamese twins. Seriously, yes. they're the best at that. Uh, and what Dr. else do they do? Goodridge, they he do, was saying. Dr. Dr. Goodridge, Goodridge. They also, uh, they gave somebody a new face up there, a transplant, and.
friend in 1987 when I was trying to climb over a fence on Fordham Road. I fell and I got stitches, and they brought me to Montefiore Hospital. So you're all right now, right? Well, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, Uh, Pat, I appreciate it very much. Stay in touch, all right? Thank you. uh, Yes, I am, and I'm going to – I listen to you every day. One other thing. When you were the operator at the hotel – I mean at the hospital – um, what year was this? What years? 33 years. Oh, when to when? I started there in 1969. Um, I'll be 84. Okay. So when you were there in the early 70s, could you easily listen in on conversations as the operator? No, we didn't. Uh, we weren't able to do that. But we paged doctors, and most of the doctors, I did them favors, they did me favors, and they they all became uh Res, uh, chairmans or vice chairmans of their division. Phenomenal, phenomenal doctors. Wow. All right. Well, I'm glad you had an awesome experience there. And, I did, uh, and I loved it. I loved it. I worked for Goodson and Dodman. Did you ever hear of them? Wait a second. They, I have. The, ga- game sh- the game show producers. What the hell do yes. they have to do with it? Oh, well, I was with them before I went to Montefiore. The good, those years. guys Those guys invented all the big game shows like Tic Tac. Uh, yes. Yes, and I saw all the actors and all. Uh, they'd come in. Uh, they had a beautiful office in uh, downtown, the Seagrams building. And uh, you know who came in one day? And you know uh, John Ireland. Remember him? He mm, John Ireland. No, I don't know who that is. An actor, an actor, an old uh, from years ago. And he didn't appear what you'd call night-stalking on TV or anything. He came in the office. He had an Irish sweater on and a, a beautiful blazer. He was a nice-looking man. I was shocked. He was really a better-looking in person. Well, that happens. TV. That happens because these guys get to be the actors because they're, like, really impressive. And uh, sometimes it doesn't uh, work. I'm looking at him right now. You're right. He looks like a – he kind of looks a little thuggish. He's from Canada, too. All right, listen. Pat, we could talk all day. I love it. Thank you so much. I love you, and take care. And I love that baby when you talk to your baby. Oh, thank you so much. We love her. Isn't that amazing? She saved my life this weekend. Pat, thank you. Because I got to go because James Flippin just walked in. Hello, James. Hey, Greg. What's the big deal with this? uh, Look, congestion pricing is obviously ludicrous. It would obviously hurt a lot of people. Uh, Traffic is way down post-COVID anyway. Let me get this straight. They're really going forward with this. Uh, they're really going forward with this? Well, I mean, we'll see if this whole issue gets kind of tied up in the courts, because right now there are two lawsuits against the MTA, both New Jersey and Staten Island as of today. Now, when you say the is it the state of New Jersey or is it somebody in New Jersey? No, I believe it's actually the state of New Jersey. And then the Staten Island borough president. Vito Fasella, he actually filed the lawsuit today against the MTA. Good. How can I be? What do I want to do? I want to file a brief in support, an amicus brief, an amity brief. Can I do that? I I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> Other than not being a lawyer, not uh, <laughs> what do they say? What do they say? What do you you have to have uh, standing? Do I have standing? I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I do actually have a lot of standing because this would this would impact me. I can't actually. Anyway, I'm right up there on the border. I, I'm gonna. It's gonna affect me in a big way. Uh, so, so I don't know. I mean, why don't we have congestion pricing in Buffalo? From what yeah. I hear, there's bad traffic in downtown Buffalo. Well, that's what I was saying to our, to our news director, Noam Layden, this morning. I said, how about the Garden State convenience fee or the Garden State surcharge? 
for anybody who wants to go to the Jersey Shore. You go out to the farms. You're going to go to the Poconos. You go through the Delaware Water Gap, Giant Stadium, Jets game. Any reason you might have to go into New Jersey? How about we just hit New York residents with a with a little fee? Well, shut up for number one. <laughs> All right, wait a second. You're from New Jersey, I guess, right? Yeah, All right, yeah, no, yeah. we don't want that. Also, we already get hit with the toll, the Holland Tunnel, the Lincoln Tunnel, the, yeah, the, so the, away, the George so Washington away. Bridge, right? So do we. And then you get on your crazy parkways. There's the Garden State. There's the Turnpike. I understand the Turnpike, right? But there are a million other 409, 102s, 101s, all these crazy. Even with GPS, you don't know what to do. Yeah. I no, mean, this, even, even with GPS, if you're not like studying the GPS, they're like, it's like, it's, it's like spaghetti and you don't know when to make the right, you know, and, oh, but so this, this was easy. It's as soon as you get into New Jersey, boom, tw- convenience hey, fake. Listen, nobody likes it. I n- n- look at you. New Jersey was actually working with us on this yeah, one and you're yeah. trying to stir uh, the pot. Yeah. Well, I mean, Governor Murphy said that. He said it brings me no joy when he filed the lawsuit. Because he said, you know, he doesn't want to have to do this. They get along well, in New York and New Jersey. But. Wow. Imagine that. He uh, he stopped uh, persecuting. Uh, uh, he, he stopped fa- falsely claiming people were white supremacists to actually do something of value. The knuckleheads. Uh, yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So where the hell is uh, where the hell is Hulkle? On this whole issue? She's but dug, she she's initiated it. Where is she? No, where is she physically? Oh, as far as today? Yeah. That's a good question. I, I want to tell her off. I have got to confront her. I got to tell. I mean, this is it's so bad. It's going to hurt so many people, working class people. And there are people who take the car in because for a number of reasons, mass transit doesn't work for them. And I think this is the awful, awful. How much? Twenty three bucks below 60th Street. That's as high as twenty three. Yeah. Because, I mean, like in, in London, they turn it off overnight, basically. You know, it's like busy, busy part of the day. You pay for that congestion pricing, but not necessarily overnight. New York's not talking about that they're going to do anything like that. They may have special exemptions for four higher vehicles. Trucks bringing in deliveries might only have to pay once a day or at certain times. But, I mean, the justification they're using for this is that the people coming from New Jersey, 8 in 10, convert uh, commute through mass transit, which is, you know, again, I, I would say I'm one of that. I take New Jersey transit in. But they say because 8 in 10 dr- don't drive if they commute into Manhattan that it's okay. Well, I don't understand. Oh, wait, you're what? Eighty-one percent of New Jersey commuters, if they come into Manhattan, they do it through mass transit. Well, a couple of different things for you guys. You have more options. You got path trains coming in downtown. You got path trains coming in midtown. Right. You got path trains coming in uptown. You're saying compared to like Long Islanders, or compared to Long Islanders? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there's only, I mean, that big thing, the forty-second, whatever, the Grand Central Extension was the biggest thing that East happened. Side access, and yeah. I'm told that that is uh, not without its uh, problems. So I don't know. I don't know. By the way, I, I'm told that Governor Hochul's in California right now, Mr. Rod. I am. Re- okay, but, but what? All right. Um, <laughs> you asked, I delivered. I, <laughs> California. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess we're good. Uh, wasn't that Pat interesting? Did oh, you hear yeah. all Absolutely. that stuff? Yes. I mean, imagine that she worked for the game show executives, and she worked in the Seagram building, and then she worked at the hospital. Who do you know has had such a great work experience mm. 20 years later they're talking about how great their job was mm-hmm. i don't know you don't find that very often you don't well that's great um final word is oh could you answer this question mm-hmm. cut 19 please cut 19 all right here's your last question what was the cause of the civil war actually there were numerous causes <laughs> aside from the obvious schism between abolitionists and anti-abolitionists economic factors both domestic and international played a significant hey, hey. yeah just just say slavery slavery it is sir <laughs>
Yes, I am a citizen. Now, yes. which way to the welfare office? All right, stop that. Apu on the Simpsons. I love Do you think they're they're getting a little bit uh, carried away in Florida? I mean, look, it's not college. It's not Ph.D. history. I don't think you have to know much more about slavery other than, um, you know, it was bad. And, uh, you know, Harriet Tubman and uh, the Civil War and uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. I mean, for Florida to go into the curriculum where they're talking about, you know, the economic uh, patterns and, and somehow, uh, you know, the the, der- the derivatives of slavery and, and what they offered the gra- gross national product and all this weird rabbit hole stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think it's a little bit much? Uh, I can understand why you say that. And certainly for a high school kid, I think maybe it gets a little too deep. But I mean, it's not it wasn't just about chattel slavery, right? I mean, there was all about states rights and you know the federal government can't tell us what to do and all this kind of thing so it was a kind of complicated time hey just say slavery <laughs> right just like the guy said and now i'm a that, citizen that's what you that that's the big takeaway it's got to be a bit reductionist you know there's yeah. so much stuff going on you know kids were jamming uh, gender theory down their throats and uh, they're watching these crazy videos just put the videos down long enough to get the basics and understand that america is generally good Maybe even a little bit great. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to have a country anymore, and I mean that. Do you know who Celia Cruz is? Not sure if I do. Well, I just found out this morning that she's some Cuban singer. All right, good for her. Mm-hmm. She died 20 years ago. They're about to put her on the back of a quarter. She, Celia Cruz, I'm sure she was a great lady and was very entertaining to those who knew her. Uh, she was a singer, born in Cuba. She died in New Jersey. Um, about 20 years ago, and she's on the back of a quarter now. Now, what what the hell is this all about? I mean, who, this is, no offense to Celia, but this is the kind of stuff that rips a country apart, where you start appealing, where you start narrow casting, a country e pluribus unum from many, one. Nope, we don't have a common reference point. She is not famous enough. Her contributions are not significant enough. Who's on the damn, who's on the quarter on the front side? George Washington, right? Celia Cruz on the back. <laughs> I mean, we're in trouble. I mean, plus, like, what can you get for a quarter these days? Um, they're kind of just like stuff that gathers in your in your pockets, and maybe your you know change dish in your car or something like that. Look at you! You you only you only carry cash, huh? You only carry uh, credit cards. If I even have cash, yeah. I mean, most of the time, I need to have cash in my wallet just for gasoline because I, I won't pay those fees. You're kind of a bit of a millennial, aren't you? I mean, because millennial. I've seen you. <laughs> I saw the first first time I saw a millennial. He bought a pack of gum with a with a debit card. Right. I'm like, what's the matter with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I guess that's the thing now, and you can get points for your airline, right? That is true. Uh Gosh, yeah. Th- that's a scam too, by the way. Although not always, not always. Some airlines, JetBlue, you can do, uh, you can do amazing things. All right, we are almost out of time uh, for this segment. Thank you, James, thank you, and thank you, uh, Ridge. Thanks, uh, Hokels in California, uh, and we'll be right back. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. 
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh. Now, one cool thing about the Oppenheimer movie is they use real explosions. They re- use real uh, – it's not computer animation. It's not trick photography. They actually went out there and made a very big uh, bomb, not a nuclear bomb, but something pretty damn close – and they blew it up, and they filmed it, and it looks very, very uh, compelling. It's uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm not that crazy about movies these days. Uh, they're, they're they all look the same, very cartoonish, um, and that doesn't that doesn't work uh, very well. Look, uh, Joe Biden could be in very uh, serious trouble. I mean, he's avoided it for a long time. He is in serious trouble, uh, but no one no one really calls him out on it. He gets away with it. Um, now, let's take a look at this. Emails prove Hunter Biden was working with his business partner to sell their company to the firm that stole $60 million from American Indians. Devin Archer was sentenced to a year in jail for the deal, but Hunter was never charged, even though his involvement was the reason. This is getting uh, a lot of attention right now. Devin Archer is the former uh, chief Hunter Biden business partner and former best friend to testify under oath before Congress as a whistleblower, as whistleblower Joe Biden spoke on the phone with foreign business partners over 24 times. Miranda Devine wrote that uh, he witnessed the, he, let's see here, one second, 24 times he was on the call. So these guys, these businessmen, these shady businessmen would hand over the phone to Joe Biden, who would do the bidding of these guys. Um, that's This is dynamite stuff. The House prepares for the testimony of former Hunter Biden friend Devin Archer. Let's all agree that if Joe Biden was actually making deals with any of Hunter's associates, that would be considered criminal. So far, there's no. Wow. Even some prominent Democrats. Let's all agree. This is a guy named Ed Krasenstein who hates, hates MAGA, hates uh, anybody associated with Trump. But he's saying, let's all agree that if Joe Biden was actually making deals with any of Hunter's associates, that would be considered corruption. Now, he claims so far there's. There's no evidence of that. Uh, I think we've got oodles of evidence of that. Uh, I mean, he was bragging in public about trying to get that prosecutor fired. Has he ever tried to get a prosecutor fired anywhere else? The head of Burisma uh, was uh, bragging that he was paying Hunter and Joe Biden all that money. Also, that he got rid of the prosecutor. Hunter Biden, through his dad, helped make that happen. That prosecutor, they hated the guy. Devin, this is Devin Archer to testify that he and Hunter Biden sold access to Joe Biden and that he personally witnessed Hunter putting his father on calls with their clients at least 24 times. Um, Devin Archer, you know what? By the time of the when this actually happens and when is it actually happened? Do we know when this testimony is going to take place? I don't think it's today. It's later this week. I hope he canceled. He walked out. What happened? It was supposed to happen, but he's not doing it. Um, The big blockbuster testimony Jim Jordan was supposed to present today from convicted fraudster felon David Archer is not happening again. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer confirms that Burisma board member Devin Archer has canceled the deposition three times. Archer is under subpoena from the committee. Fox is told Archer is canceled because of personal reasons in the scheduling conflict. Also, the Bidens have probably threatened him with who knows what. Traffic jams, tailgating pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. 
Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Devin Archer. Wow. How did they, how did they thwart Devin Archer's testimony this time? This stuff is, um, wow. Hunter Biden would dial his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, on speakerphone into meetings with his overseas business partners, according to testimony expected before Congress this week from Devin Archer, the first son's former best friend. Miranda Devine. Archer, 48 years old, who is facing jail for his role in a $60 million bond fraud, is scheduled to testify to the House Oversight Committee about meetings he witnessed that were attended by Joe Biden, either in person or via speakerphone, when Hunter would call his father and introduce him to foreign business partners or prospective investors. We are looking forward very much to hearing from Devin Archer about all the times he has witnessed Joe Biden meeting with Hunter Biden's overseas business partners when he was vice president, including on speakerphone, said Representative James Comer. Uh, one such meeting was in Dubai late in the evening of Friday, December 4th, 2015, after a board meeting of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which was paying Hunter Biden $83,000 a month as a director. Archer, who was also a director, is expected to testify that after dinner with the Burisma board at the Baraj Al Arab Hotel, he and Hunter traveled six miles north to the Four Seasons Resort, Dubai, at Jumeirah Beach. I've been there, by the way. I've actually been to this very place, this hotel. It's the most amazing hotel in the world. Um, to have a drink with one of Hunter's friends. It was in 1998. I was in the military. It's a port of call. While they were sitting outside the bar, Vadim Porzarski, a senior Burisma executive, phoned to ask where they were because Burisma's owner... Uh, Miloko Zolchevsky needed to speak to Hunter urgently. Can you ring your dad? Soon afterward, the two Ukrainians joined Hunter and Archer at the Four Seasons Bar, and Pozharsky asked Hunter, can you ring your dad? At the time, it was early afternoon, Friday, in Washington, D.C. Hunter then called his father, put him on speaker, placed the phone on the table, and introduced the Ukrainians to Joe Biden by name as Nikolai and Vadim. He also said words to the effect that the Burisma bigwigs need our support. <laughs> this is this is dynamite stuff. Vice President Biden greeted the Ukrainians, but spoke only in vague pleasantries during the short call and in other such interactions with Hunter's overseas business partners. Archer is expected to testify. Yeah, because why would he speak in vague, vague pleasantries? It's like we can't say this stuff out loud. But I get it. And my presence on this call, I get it. Tell Hunter what you need. And uh, this is why they pose for those stupid pictures. You ever see those pictures of Hunter and uh, Joe Biden basically uh, borderline making out? It was, they're, they're the most horrendously inappropriate, weird pictures you've ever seen of a father and a son. And why would you take those? Because the message was to the clients across the world, we are so close. You're talking to Hunter. You're talking to me. Congressional investigators are expected to probe the reasons for Zlochevsky requesting the urgent phone call with Joe Biden. Uh, they will note the context that three days after the speaker phone call, the then vice president, who was the Obama administration's point man for Ukraine, 
was due to fly to Kyiv to address the Ukrainian parliament, known as the Rada, on December 9, 2015, about the poison of cronyism, corruption, and kleptocracy. Ten weeks before the call, on September 14, 2015, U.S. Ambassador Payat had given a speech about corruption in Odessa, in which he targeted Zlochevsky by name. Okay, back off Burisma, that's the message. By then, Ukrainian Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin was investigating Burisma for corruption. And within two months, on February 2nd of 2016, would seize four houses in Kiev, two plots of land, and a Rolls Royce belonging to Zlochevsky, who was living in exile in Dubai. A month later, Shokin was fired after Joe Biden threatened to withhold $1 billion in U.S. aid to Ukraine. Holy good God, this is amazing. This is amazing. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Biden would brag to the <laughs> He did his own stupid big mouth. Joe, Joe, Joe's the kind of guy who would engage in corruption, convince himself somehow that it was not corruption, and then go around bragging about it. As Shokin's probe gathered speed at the end of 2015, Brzozowski ratcheted up the pressure on Hunter. Emails on Hunter Biden's laptop shows. In an email to Hunter... And Archer, on November 2nd, 2015, one month before the speakerphone call, Brzezowski explicitly demanded that they use their influence to close down the criminal investigation against Burisma. Archer also was expected to detail other speakerphone meetings in his testimony, including a dinner at a restaurant in Paris where Hunter whipped out his phone and put his father on speaker to impress prospective investors. Hunter performed the same party trick as many as two dozen times in Archer's presence. The Long Island-born father of three is expected to tell congressional investigators under oath. Another former business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, recalls Hunter offering to get his father on the phone during a meeting by the pool at the Chateau Marmont in L.A. I'm also aware of other Biden family business associates confirming that Joe would take phone calls from Hunter in the middle of business meetings and would weigh in via speakerphone. Now, what the fake news will say is, well, this is not illegal. Well... Uh, actually, I think if they can make a federal case against Donald Trump, they can make a federal case out of this, don't you? And the other thing is, let's pretend for a moment, which is legal, which is not. Uh, Joe Biden swore up and down he never did any of this. Remember how, how, how nasty and testy he would get in denial? Sitting with Hunter at Chateau Marmont, Chateau Marmont. That's that famous, uh, very fancy hotel in Hollywood. Uh, sitting with the Hunter at the hotel before I first met Joe Biden on May 2nd, 2017, Hunter was adamant that his father takes his calls at any time, no matter what his lawyers say, or with gatekeepers like former Biden spokesperson Kate Bedingfield playing interference. The American people don't fully appreciate the key role Joe Biden played in the Biden family global influence peddling. I would equate it to a chairman's role in a traditional business structure. Bobolinsky met with Joe twice in Los Angeles in 2017 to be vetted as CEO of a joint venture Hunter and his uncle Jim Biden were planning with the Chinese energy company CEFC, which would end up netting them millions of dollars for no discernible product or service. Both meetings at the Beverly Hilton were in May of 2017, four months after Joe Biden left as vice president. Archer refused to comment yesterday, but a close associate said he is testifying because he believes it is his civic duty. He has nothing to hide, no revenge to enact, nor anyone to protect other than his family, and he feels he has been handcuffed by the absurdly bogus fraud case into remaining silent. 
in a forum where he has immunity, he can at least start to speak the truth. Since news broke that Archer would testify before the Republican Control Committee, his family has been receiving death threats and warnings to keep your mouth shut. Hey, where's the concern about that, right? Where is the concern? <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's a big deal. During about one quarter of the speakerphone calls witnessed by Archer, Hunter would introduce his father to the foreigners with whom he was transacting business. But at other times, he would just speak to Joe without acknowledging that other people were listening in. So it is not clear how often Vice President Biden was aware that he was being used as leverage by his son. Hunter told CBS News in 2021 that he spoke to his father every night. Archer is also expected to testify about two dinners Hunter organized for his vice president father to meet business partners from Ukraine, Russia and Kazakhstan in a private room at the Georgetown restaurant Cafe Milano. One in April of 2015 and another in 2016. That is like the hot spot in Washington, D.C. and town not known for its hot spots. Burisma executive Barjowski attended the first dinner on April 16, 2015, along with the Russian billionaire Yelena Bartina and her husband, the Moscow mayor, Yuri Lutskov. Remember, they got millions of dollars from uh, this person, the Bidens did. And we have an email from this guy saying, thank you for dinner. It was so nice to meet your dad. Yeah, here we go. The next day, Hunter received an email from Berzowski to thank him for introducing him to his father. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure. Joe Biden has repeatedly said he had nothing and knew nothing about his son's overseas business dealings. Well, I've said it from the get-go that there's no way Joe Biden is actually going to go through with running for president. I also said that he's going to be out of office by January. Now, I'm getting a little bit nervous about my prediction. I don't know if it's going to hold up. I think he's going to have to resign. He'll say health, but this stuff. You know, Democrats can deny it, can put their head in the sand uh, only to a certain extent. And there are some ambitious Democrats out there like Gavin Newsom and uh, who else who would love to run against? Hey, even Murphy. We were just talking about him. Murphy in New Jersey. He knows this stuff is dirty as hell. A bombshell FBI document released last week by Senator Chuck Grassley described an allegation that Zlochevsky told an FBI informant in 2016 that he had paid a $10 million bribe bribe to Joe and Hunter Biden to ensure Ukraine prosecutor general Victor Shokin was fired. You know, it's totally amazing. Totally, totally, totally amazing that that was not covered at all on the fake news at all. I mean, well, they are fake. So what are you going to do? Archer is expected to testify that the big guy was a nickname used by Hunter's business associates uh, for his father. All right. But this is off. Now, I can't tell if it's off just for today or is it off for the entire week? From this little piece here, I wasn't anticipating it happening today. I think it could happen tomorrow or Wednesday. I don't think this is a guy who just disappeared. And he's from Long Island. Did you catch that? He actually lives in Manhattan. Uh, Doug in Edison, New Jersey. Hello. Doug. Put me on hold. Julie in New Jersey. Hello. Yes. Well, screw all of you. Uh, I'm going to try one more, and then I'm hanging up on every single one of you. Carlo in New York, are you there? I'm here, Greg, and I'm wide awake. And they're turning down the guys for the vouchers, how they should army. They're giving up to the illegal aliens, and they're not giving them to the American veterans. 
and we're paying for it. And now they're adding on all the taxes. They denied boundaries from the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army. All right, Carlo, you with the fake name again. You and your fake names. That's wrong. That's wrong, Carlo. That's wrong. Hey, Carlo, do me a favor. Give me your phone number. It's wrong that you had a give me your phone. Give me your give me your phone number. I want to call you. I want to call you up at work and screw with you. Hmm? Give me your phone number. Hey, Carlo, get lo- do me a favor, Carlo. Call back in a year. All right, call back in a year. Goodbye. Um, wow. All right, let's uh, let's skip that for the time being. Uh, I really want to know if uh, we're gonna what what happened to this guy? Where the hell is Devin Archer? And uh, where does he come from? He knows a lot of stuff. This is a big, big, big freaking deal. Let's just find out real quick. He grew up on Long Island, and uh, I think his wife is a dentist, oh, by the way. Did you know that? His wife is a dentist, and he had to go to jail for a year covering for these people, covering for these uh, these lowlifes. Um, well, Devin Archer is the man of the moment. Uh, now, all this stuff is kind of off the record. It's not in the congressional record. To take this to the next level... And to take Joe Biden out of power, to make it totally uh, impossible for him to remain in this race, you got to get him on Capitol Hill. And once he says this stuff on Capitol Hill, Joe Biden is finished. He should have been finished a long time ago, but this is going to do it. This will be the proverbial nail in the coffin. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, Devin Archer. It gets confusing at times, but uh, this is not that confusing. He was uh, partners with uh, Hunter Biden and, uh, let's see, this guy who was the Christopher Hines, heir of the Hines ketchup uh, family business, that guy, Christopher Hines. His father was a United States senator. I think Whitey Bulger's nephew was in on this as well. Um, uh, Hines got out of it, by the way, because he, he saw it was Way too shady. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sticking around. There's something. There's something wrong with all of this. Um, Devon Archer. He should be more famous than Michael Cohen. Think about it. who's more famous, Michael Cohen or Devon Archer. This stuff is total, total dynamite. He's been there every single step of the way. Um, yet we all know who Michael Cohen is. And uh, Devon Archer. The name is a little bit mysterious. Devon Archer sounds like he's from Britain, but he's from Long Island. And uh, let's see here. Archer and the younger Biden. Uh, uh, let's see. Archer was co-founder of Rosemont Capital with Christopher Hines, his college roommate at Yale. He had served as a senior advisor to Hines's stepfather, Democrat Senator John Kerry, during his 2004 presidential bid. Huh. Um, in 2018, Archer was implicated in a legal case that involved defrauding a Native American tribe and multiple pension funds. His conviction was overturned when a judge was left with an unwavering concern that Archer is innocent of the crimes charged, Reuters reported in November of 2018. Uh, Hunter Biden left Burisma's board earlier this year after his father announced his run for the... This is, this is, a little, this is going way back. Uh, I just was looking for more information about uh, Devin Archer. Devin Archer. And you know who's coming down the hall in a moment? Rudy. Rudy Giuliani, what a, what an amazing resource, what an amazing privilege it is to have work right down the hall from Rudy Giuliani, the legend. Um, wait a second. Hey, Chris, you know something about this Devin Archer character? Chris in East Morici's. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Greg. I have uh, a neighbor whose uh, son is my son's age. Uh, they go to school together. 
he sold a house to Devon Archer <clears throat> uh, in Quag, Quag, you know, in the Hamptons area. So, uh, you know, when I showed I showed this guy a, a picture of Devon Archer with Joe Biden and Hunter on the golf course, and I said, "This looks like West Hampton Beach golf course," and uh, I believe it was. So, uh, my friend, you know, the real estate agent said, "Yeah, I actually met Devon, sold him a house in Quag a few years ago, and uh, he's a nice guy, you know." He just fell in with the bad crowd. Is kind of what he said. Uh, my my friend, the real estate agent. We're both conservatives. We both uh, we both love, you know, talking that stuff. And um, I couldn't believe it. You know, he actually sold him a house. So there's that tidbit of information. A little tidbit. All right, and a nice guy. You say. Let's see here. This is well, the. Yeah, I mean, he said he was a nice guy. Uh, you know. <laughs> Well, listen to this. This is in 22. Devin Archer sentenced to a year and a day in prison for the fraudulent issuance and sale of more than $60 million of tribal bonds. Now, this is February of 2022, a little over a year ago. And this is the U.S. attorney, as appointed by Joe Biden. Uh, Damian Williams announced that Devin Archer was sentenced today by the Honorable Ronnie Abrams to a year and a day in prison for defrauding a Native American tribal entity. Um. They established this all at trial. Then it gets really a little bit complicated as to what the hell actually happened here. Um, financial crimes, you know. They're complicated on purpose. Let's see. In addition to the prison term, Archer, 47, he's 47 years old. I noticed that artificial intelligence kind of stinks. I'm seeing more and more articles written by artificial intelligence. You can kind of tell they follow the same rhythm, and they're full of mistakes, in addition to the prison term, Archer 47 was sentenced to a year of supervised release. Archer was also ordered to forfeit $15 million, whoa, and to make restitution in the amount of $43 million. And this guy's got a story to tell. Wow. All right, Rudy, when we come back, thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. We are here once again with America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, who takes over right after this show. But, uh, Mr. Mayor, we couldn't wait. Uh, this Devin Archer stuff, uh, this is I'm kind of coming to terms with it. I'm kind of just grasping it. This guy could blow the lid off of Joe Biden's life, career, future, everything. Yeah. The only hesitation there is about five things we already have, but. But by normal circumstances, this is the guy right in. This is Hunter's partner. This is the guy that did the Burisma deal with him. And if you listen to his testimony that was leaked today, right? Uh, he was there for not all the deals, most of them. I don't think he, I think he was out by the time he got to China. So there you're going to have to use other people. Wait one second before you go, before you continue. You say it was leaked today. I mean, is, has he already testified to this to Congress? He certainly has been interviewed and told them this. But does that count? Does he have to get it in the congressional record? I Is would it, say yes. Yeah, I would say counts. to really, I would say to really make it. Uh, I mean, given if we were talking about Trump or anybody else, it, it's already done. But if we're talking about Biden, where you got to prove it fifty times over, yeah, he's got to get in front of the American people, go under oath, and say on twenty-four occasions. After we were meeting with this crook and that crook and that spy and Buterina who gave three point five million from Russia and this one and that one, uh, Hunter always uh, well a little ceremony at the end. We put uh, uh, we put Joe on the phone and Joe blessed it and said thank you for helping us and thank you for assisting us and I'll be there for that kind of stuff. And then uh, in the case of in the case of uh, Burisma, uh, they wanted a meeting with him. And uh, Joe organized a meeting with uh, 
the number two guy. Pajarski, Vadim. Pajarski, Vadim. And that was in order to solidify the deal he had made with Zloshevsky so that when Shokin went after the company, Joe was ready to come in and fix the case. Damn. All right. So look, uh, when and then and then the 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 minute within three days of Shokin serving the arrest warrant on the company, Joe's on the phone to the president of Ukraine, yeah. and he's on the phone all week to him. And at the end of that week, Shokin gets fired. You know, it's all right there in plain sight. Oh, it's the it's the best case I've ever seen. The only thing that is new, though, this is new that Devin Archer uh, is prepared to say this stuff. But is he prepared? Because he hasn't. You know, he was. Uh, I'm getting well, word that? now that he's not that he canceled it because of a uh, personal reasons. What's going on? Well, I, look, I've sat with people because it was the mafia they were testifying against. I've sat with people that would defecate before they would. And we'd have to clean them up before they went on the went on the stand. I mean, this is de- de- uh, this is scary stuff. He's gonna, he's going to destroy the president of the United States. Uh, now, who knows? Because they cover up from so much, but by all intents and purposes when this is the final nail in the coffin when this guy testifies first of all the minute he he tells you all the times this guy discussed foreign business with his with his son you know what a damn liar he was the 150 times he said i never talked to him about his foreign business not only talked to him about his foreign business his son would have his foreign clients call up and get the nice word from from the old man you can realize what a difference that is than the lies he was telling to the american people yeah. I didn't know about it. I never talked about it. Uh, he can testify to the two dinners that took place with the with the foreigners, the pictures that were taken with them. I mean, th- that has been a complete con job for 20 years. Why did it take this long? This guy's had this story. He's known about this stuff throughout the... Because the what? Justice Department is crooked. You see, uh, the, uh, Bud Cummings, who was the U.S. attorney who first went to the Southern District back in 2018, I think it was, came there with this whole story. Five Ukrainian witnesses willing to testify to Biden's bribe. U.S. attorney had to get him over from Ukraine because the ambassador there was holding them up. Uh, the U.S. attorney didn't take the case. Now, why did he go to the Southern District? He went to the Southern District because he was a U.S. attorney, a good one, Cummings, and he figured they're the best place because they have the case against, they have the case against Archer and they can flip Archer. They're going to love this. They're going to have the five witnesses. Who, who, who would testify, we're here now, the bribe, $10 million bribe, plus they'll have Archer. They can flip Archer. But the Justice Department has never wanted to flip Archer because they don't want to prosecute Biden. Yeah. So this is going to have to be done around. The reason this is so difficult is there is, we don't have a prosecutor in the United States. Now, let me ask you, though. We don't have a Justice Department. We don't have an FBI. They're non-existent. They did prosecute Devin Archer. I mean, they prosecuted him. And even though the judge apparently was kind of conflicted about the whole thing, I just read. uh, The the, judge dismissed the case and had to get reversed by the Court of Appeals. But but she (laughs) She dismissed. Major Democrat judge. And the Court of Appeals ripped her apart. So why does the... uh, (laughs) why does the DOJ want this guy to go to jail? I mean, if you're going to jail and you might be innocent, I mean, you have absolutely nothing to lose. He's more dangerous going to jail than not going to jail, right? Yeah, I think I think he got caught up in this without there really making the connection. This is a completely kind of separate fraud involving um, uh, really defrauding uh, Native American tribes. And I don't think Hunter was involved in this at all. This was a thing he did on his own. So I think this got into the... This got into the Justice Department. He got indicted. They walked away from him. And uh, 
part of it, part of his bitterness is, why didn't you fix it for me? Yeah. Um, huh. I know that from, I know that. <laughs> you know things. You I know that he's very bitter about, you know, you'll fix it for everybody else. And my case is kind of bull compared to yours. Right. Mine's a few million. Yours, yours of multiple millions. Do me a favor. I got to, just for a moment, congestion pricing. You know, it looks like it's a reality. It's coming, although I'm glad to hear about these lawsuits. They mentioned con- congestion pricing when you were mayor, right? Did you Crazy. want, you didn't want it, right? No, not only that. I went to London after I was mayor. Uh, I didn't have the time to go before, and it was a big bust in London. It was a disaster in London. I mean, this is crazy. And 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 if it were bad then, I mean, you had an argument for it then because you were very popular then. Now we can't get people to come back to work. Yeah, and we're going to charge them to come into New York. You got to be crazy to do it. Yeah, people are leaving. If when they wanted to do it, people we we had just gained about a million and a half in population. And we were gaining every day, gaining every day, gaining every day. I thought it was ridiculous to pay people to come to work in New York City. We wanted to come work in New York City. But at least you had an argument for it. Now, nobody wants to come here. And uh, it's going to kill these these offices of, what, half full, 60% full? They'll go down to 40%. By the way, when you were mayor, my, my sense was, and actually I'm just putting it together now, 90% of your job was behind the scenes. 90% was making the city, you know, cajoling, running, leading. 100%. Maybe 10% was in public. With this guy, Adams, it's like 99.9% is the public dance. Is it just getting on TV, being overdressed, just going through all that stuff? He announces everything in advance that he's going to do. Right. Then he gets pressured and he can't do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Instead of, if it's something that's going to be tough, you're going to get pressured. You wait. You build up your... You build up your support. So if, if I knew I was going to do something controversial, I was out there trying to get as much support as possible. And every once in a while we get leaked on I go crazy, you know, because I needed the time to put it together in order to do. Look, I did the largest tax reductions in New York City history with a city council that was 45 re- Dems and they were against tax reductions then as they are now and six Republicans. And it really was because of my friend who I, I had on last week, Peter Vallone. Of course, Peter was secretly a conservative. Mm-hmm. Peter thought we were overtaxed. And Peter had Peter would tell me who I could work on. You, no, don't waste your time on him. We'll never get him. Go to him. Yeah. I, I remember I got, I got a vote by going to a councilman's father's funeral. And he even endorsed me for re-election because I went to the No mayor had ever gone to his funeral. Mm. So there's a, I mean, it's, most of what's done in government effectively is done behind closed doors. Yeah. Honestly, you sure. know, it's, it's, it's deal making in the right sense, the way you make deals in business. And there's no nothing in Eric Adams's background that suggests that he's ready for this moment. I mean, you know, being a borough president these days is essentially a no show job. It's it's fake. No board of estimate. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Fair right. enough. Right. And uh, state senator, nobody. I mean, I don't know if that was really ground grounds to become the most one of the most powerful officials in America. You were you were hanging around the White House, forgive me, like in the mid seventies. Right. <laughs> you, you were right. absorbing things. Right. I mean I understood I, I I learned a lot from Ronald Reagan watching him because I admired him so much. And Ronald Reagan was like Trump a deal maker. What made Trump such an effective president while he was getting the hell kicked out of him and shouldn't have been? Because by nature he's a fabulous deal maker. Hmm. He can make a deal with anybody. I mean if there's a, if the guy has any possibility of being reasonable this is reagan reagan and trump reagan oh, and trump oh trump yeah no no I mean, trump, I, trump, trump everything is a deal with trump I mean, even, even if you just 
talking about where you're going to go to dinner. You know, I want to go here. We'll go there. <laughs> then you end up at his place. Hey, do me a favor. Nikki's been on hold for a long time. Nikki, you're on with the mayor, uh, Mayor Giuliani, and me. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Fine. How are you? What's going on? Oh, great to talk to the mayor. You know, I, I grew up in Chicago, and I've watched you pretty much for the last 20-something years. And, yeah, I wish we had you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, you called for a reason. Uh, yes, I was, I'm a little flabbergasted. Okay, I just was calling. Basically, you talked earlier about, you know, cars should be equipped with something to let us know that there's a child in the car, which... W- Am I, like, losing my mind? But when have we, like, why are we forgetting our children in the backseat? I don't have children, and I love, again, that you post your videos of your little ones. I don't have any children. But when I have, like, a dog or something in the car, I know it's in the car. Do you know what, I, do you know what I'm saying? I, well, like, I also know that people, like, just make mistakes. I mean, I've been driving around. You know, I mean, it could happen to anybody. It, it really could happen to anybody. It could. I mean, I just, like, you're you're in the back. If they're quiet, what if they fall asleep? There's muscle memory. I can, I mean, it, God forbid, it could happen. I think it could happen to anybody. If you look at these cases, it happens to people from all walks of life. They don't mean it in their heart, obviously. Nobody would want to do that. I, I've, I've tremendous some sympathy, don't. and I, you don't. You think people, well, some, bl- don't you think people no, blank some, out sometimes? Some don't. I mean, I know it's an accident, but I think you got the right idea. If all these cars can remanufacture and add stuff and all these crazy little gadgets, why don't they have a, something that's letting you know? Hey, oh hey, you have something in the back seat. You know, well, the baby that you birthed. Look, you know, I'm not in can't. the I'm not in the car uh, manufacturing yeah. business. That would take a lot of money. It would up the price of the car. And if I were in the car manufacturing business, I don't know if I'd want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that dangerous to have the car seat in the front seat? I think that's illegal, actually. Yeah, but is it that dangerous to do it? I, I've never understood why. But I I always would have liked it better when I had to drive the kid alone. If I could have him in the front seat and watch him, and God forbid there's an accident, I could go grab him. What a practical suggestion right there. Maybe we'll put the kid in the front seat. I think it's because of the airbags. They, they don't have it. Well, so Couldn't they do the airbags in a certain way? That... A lot of things. If only we uh... – let's get Detroit on the phone and figure it out. <laughs> Nikki, we thank if, you. If there was an accident and your kid's in the back seat and you can't get to him. I, I, well, well, I, you, well, get to him, what would you do then? I don't know. Get him out of the thing or, uh, you know – Look, I don't like it in the backseat. Things would, things are going to happen. You can't plan, you can't engineer for every eventuality. You just, it, things uh, are going to happen. It's safer in the backseat than the front seat. But I, I always wondered from the point of view of practicality, I want that kid right next to me. Well, you know, if you get T-boned, you know, from the side, yeah. you never know where the hell right. to sit. Some people I know to this day, they want to sit in the first, uh, the back two rows because that's safest. Not necessarily. Every plane crash is 100%. different. Um, all right. So, uh, we are talking about, let's say Devin Archer tells what he knows and it's 24 calls and it's really, really damaging. I wonder if the fake news will still be in denial there. I mean, they just might be. They will. I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, we're way beyond where he should be thrown out of office. We now know our president's a crook. There's, oh, I don't know, 15 pieces of evidence, 20 pieces of evidence beyond evidence I've ever seen before. There's no, it's not even, well, let's give him a presumption of innocence. The en- evidence he's, the guy ad- admits it on the tape himself. Hey, I mean. Uh, wait, which, which one? Oh, Joe. 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 Yeah, but Joe. T- time I, out for I, a second. I told him if he didn't, uh, if he didn't, if he didn't uh, uh, fight a prosecutor, I'd, I wouldn't give right. him the billion. That's a bribe. As, as, as 
Frustrated as I am about that, I am frustrated, <laughs> worried now. No, I think that I heard Donald Trump could get indicted on Thursday by the prosecutors for the January 6th stuff, which to me seems like a total farce. And I think they have to know that. What are you hearing? I, I haven't heard that, but I think that. You think? I, I gonna... think I think they're going to indict him because I think they think it's the only way to stop him. They're going to want to try to get that to trial before the election. Hope they get it before a Washington jury, get him convicted, and somehow that will not get him elected. So, what's stopping them from doing that? They're, Nothing know, except decency. Well, so that's not going to suddenly kick in. No. So they're going to they're going to indict him. We know about juries in Washington D.C. Uh, we know how overwhelmingly democratic they are and all this stuff. And oh, by the way, the way they treat January 6th down there in, in Washington, like they, they talk about January 6th, like we talk about Hurricane Sandy or 9-11. You know, it was the worst thing that ever happened. And, you know, oh, my God, look at what we went through. That's what they say. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the Democratic Party will have a Barry Goldwater. Barry Goldwater went to Richard Nixon and said, Mr. It's President, over. it's over. Don't do this to the country. Don't do it to the country. Why put us through an impeachment in which they have to lay this all out or hurt the country? I hope there's a Democrat that loves the country more than being a powerful, rich, greedy, slimy Democrat and can go to Biden and say, hey, it's over, Joe. Well, this is where the fake. They're not going to give it. These guys have it in their teeth. They're not giving it up. Whatever you do to Trump, they're going to get you. This is all coming out. All the bribes going back to the little one James took back in 1979. All of it's coming out. They got it all. And uh, you're going to have to kill them. Oh, I've got to kill a lot of people now to stop them from doing it. It's going to show. Wait, what do you mean kill them? What? Well, these people are not going to go away anymore. It's not just me. At one time, it was just me that had it. Now everybody has it. And you can go back to 1979, and you can show he took a bribe when he was first. Uh, uh, I don't even know if he was in, in a council or something. The guy, is a, the guy has taken probably over 100 bribes in his life. Sold every office he's ever had. All right, but he's in trouble. I mean, and and he should be. They're still protecting him. I think his time is up. But what about? Is, there, is, there, there, there is no Barry Goldwater in the Democrat Party. There, there's nobody there's like nobody that. Nobody loves America in the Democratic Party. I I think you're right. Actually, I think Mark you Levin is right with the book. You can't do this if you love America. You can't allow. You can't. You can't allow this if you love America. So, I wouldn't allow a Republican president to do this. Are we burying even like, if it were Trump? But what do we do? What 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 do we do? Because this is. What's the word? Inexorably. All we, all we can do is tr- uh, try to elect them no matter what, no matter what they do, and hope maybe there'll be a court that throws it out on due process. I think eventually, when the whole story is told, this whole, the whole, all the, all the Trump cases will go out on being violations of due process and equal protection of the law, a, a desecration of our justice system. I mean, we already, we already have a crooked Justice Department prosecuting him. Right? We know that. We have a definably crooked Justice Department prosecuting Donald Trump. Uh, there's got to come a point at which the judges wake up and say, we've been schnooked, we've been had, we were had over the election, we thought we should, shouldn't get involved in it. Uh, I, I think they're going to see the whole picture, but it might it might be too late, I don't know. All right, um, Mr. Mayor, thank you. Thank you. You've taken over uh, at the top of the hour, and uh, it's, it's a pl- privilege, sir. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I met a couple over the weekend. Uh, He was 40. She was 32. They've been going out for six years, six years, and they're not married. 
And um, I, <laughs> what an arrangement, huh? I mean, wh- either do it or I had a one-year limit. You can't date beyond a year. Uh, it's wasting everybody's time. You either, after a year, you should know or not know. And it's time to, uh, it's time to move on. As they say, why, what do they say? Why buy the cow when you can milk it for free? I actually ran that by, uh, the woman in the relationship. She did not like me saying that. Possibly because I, because she looked at me like she didn't understand what I'm saying. And I said, well, you know, you know, like, you know, why buy the cow when you can milk it for free? And she's like baffled. I'm like, and you being the cow. And granted, I think she took it the wrong way. I didn't mean that uh, in any, you know, in a pejorative sense. She's not, you know, no, nothing about her, look, you know, nothing about her appearance or anything like that. But I felt very bad. I feel worse, though, that this guy is just stringing her along for six years. And who knows what else he's up to. Uh, all right. I got to get out of here in a second. Uh, oh, Barbara, we can't uh, finish without you. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon. You're lucky that woman didn't smack you upside the head, really. Well, that would have been <laughs> violence is never the answer. Yeah, I know, I know. But anyway, that's that's yeah, that's quite a saying, and I've heard it before. Um, I guess I should I, not have, you know, let it rip, and then reiterating you being the cow. I I, I probably anyway that was bad. Uh, so anyway, what, what what's up? Oh, I'm listening to all this about all the corruption and so forth. And and George Washington said uh, many years ago when we were a much more moral nation, he said, few men have enough virtue to withstand the highest bidder. And so that's what we're seeing for a long time with this Biden family. They have not. They're well past even considering the harm to our nation when they accept these illegal bribes and millions and millions of dollars. But then how many other of our congressmen are similarly involved? Maybe not to that extent, but who are not speaking out, who are not speaking out and questioning what's going on when they're really in a place where they should. How about that? I'm looking at his quote right there. Few men have virtue to withstand the highest bidder. And we look at Greedy Joe. We know he's not one of them. Hey, listen, uh, thank you, Barbara, very much. I like that a lot. We're going to see that soon. Uh, thank you, Lou, Joe, Bruce, Vito, James, John. Sorry, uh, out of time. There's the music. Got to wrap up. Rudy Giuliani is here. This Devin Archer thing uh, may change history this week.